Welcome to another Kundalini Q&A. It's very simple. You send me questions about Kundalini and I respond to them as best as I can. So I am recording this while I'm also live on Instagram. Instagram is the best place for you to reach me with any questions or email info at Brent Spirit or Instagram at Brent Spirit. So let's get right into it here. The first question we have comes from Lily and she's asking, is Kundalini the same as Shakti? So in the most broad sense, now I am not a pundit of Vedic knowledge, not a pundit of yogic knowledge. So there are others who will be able to speak about this in a bit more in depth than I will, but I'll do my best here. Shakti is spiritual power, spiritual force. It is the dynamic, creative potential the primordial creative force of all existence. I like to describe Shakti and Shiva in this way. We have Shiva, which is like a bottle of ink. If you don't like a, the term bottle of ink, you can also think of it in, an infant, expansive pool of still, still water. Just infinite. It's not even water. It's just infinite nothingness, you could say. So Shiva is the foundation. And when that pool, that infinite pool, which we would call Shiva, begins to vibrate, those vibrations that we see, those manifestations, that's Shakti. So they're not two, they're the same. It is like a bottle of ink and words written in that same ink, same source, same essence, just two different manifestations. Or you could say that Shakti is the manifest form and Shiva is the unmanifest form. So when we look around, we see everything. This is all Shakti. This is all Shakti. Everything is just in a state of vibration. Everything is Shiva in a state of vibration. Shiva is still. It's the masculine, the foundation, you know, the, the grounded, the rock. Shakti is the dancer on top. So when we think of Kundalini, which is often termed Kundalini Shakti, it's the amplified form of Shakti, that creative potential coiled up at the base of our spine awaiting to be awakened and when it awakens it, it arises like a snake kundalini I, I believe lini means snake in sanskrit kundalini begins to rise and we go through our own sort of process of shakti rising to meet shiva at our crown so at our crown we have that infinite spaciousness that infinite pool of awareness and when Shakti rises to meet Shiva there, they're united. And that's when we recognize non-duality. We recognize emptiness is form. Form is emptiness. Shiva is Shakti. Shakti is Shiva, etc. So, Lily, your question here, is Kundalini the same as Shakti? Kundalini is a specific form of Shakti. It's a specific form of Shakti. There's different manifestations of Shakti. I think there's different distinctions, different categories. You can look around and we can see, okay, Shakti's in this form out in the world. It's in Kundalini form within my body. Um, some might even argue that once Kundalini is awakened, it's not Kundalini anymore. It's just Shakti flowing through you. That's another way of putting it because once the, the snake becomes uncoiled, it's not a snake anymore. It's awakened and the energy is moving through your whole body. It's not a snake anymore. It's it's, it's you. It's what you are. Um, and, and so that's something to think about as well. 
Um, sometimes we think of Shakti or Kundalini or Kundalini Shakti as this force within us that is separate from us. That's a very, also a very subtle distinction that we have. It's like, I'm, I'm, Kundalini is moving through my body. Well, you are Kundalini, you are Shakti. There, that's all there is, is Shakti. So it's a very, a very uh, subtle point to make. We also don't want to come to that point prematurely. Um, because that can lead to some spiritual bypassing. You know, we just sit around, oh, everything is Shakti. And I, I, you know, people are abusing me, but oh, everybody's Shakti. So that's, I can take it. I don't have to do with it. Or, you know, I, I can punch you in the face. I'm Shakti, you're Shakti. We can hurt each other. No, no, no. We do want to have some distinction between, you know, I'm here relating with the world, uh, you know, in some sort of moral compass. But, but anyway, yeah, is Kundalini the same as Shakti? You can look at it like that. Definitely. Jacob from the internet asks how do we explain kundalini to those with strictly materialistic minds and Paniel domper asks a very similar question how can i best explain kundalini to people who might not understand when i don't understand great so how do we explain kundalini to those with strictly materialistic minds now i don't want to be i don't want to be harsh um you know i've I ask this question myself. I ask myself this question every day. But I mean, you got to ask yourself, you know, why? Why do you want to talk to people about this? Especially those with materialistic minds. Like, why do you want to convince them of this? Do you want them to think you're special, enlightened? Do you want them to think that, do you want them to pity you when you say, oh, I'm going through Kundalini awakening and that's why I'm depressed or that's why I can't work or get a job or that's why I'm sick or that's why I'm always crying? Like, why? what are the reasons? Why do you want people who aren't open to this stuff to acknowledge you and validate you and accept you. Why? What is it? Got to really, really get honest and, and think about that question. And then we also have to see, you know, back when prior to any of this happening to you, unless this was like, you know, maybe it happened to you as a kid and you always were just very on board with this stuff. There's probably a period in your life where if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I had a Kundalini awaken, you would have been like, yeah, sure you did. Right. Sure. You know. Maybe you would distance yourself from them. And there's probably nothing that they could have said or explained about this process that would have convinced you of it. And that's fair. I think that's completely reasonable. I don't I don't blame anybody for not buying into this unless they're experiencing it. In fact, if you are a materialistic person who hasn't had any of these experiences and you do believe in it, I think that's that's a little bit alarming. You know, why, why would you believe in this stuff? It is so far out and so ridiculous that, you know, we got to give people a little bit of slack. If, if they don't believe this, they don't understand this, let them be and understand that it's not a problem per se. I think that we've been invited to go through Kundalini Awakening in a materialist society because that's a new challenge. You know, it's easy to go through this in like a monastery where everybody understands this or some ashram or something. How about going through this awakening in society and embodying in it, embodying it in a way that doesn't allow you to talk about it openly, right? Because at the end of the day, when we go through this process, we return back to the world as human beings anyway. We return back to the materialistic world and we relate with other materialistic people. It's not like we're now somehow like operating in like you know like some other level or something like that you could argue yeah okay but but you get what i'm saying like you still have to walk around the world you know you still have to abide by the laws of of gravity and and you know when you drive your car you gotta obey the rules and stuff right so 
I understand, you know, we want to explain this to people because we want to say, you know, this is what I'm going through. Please understand. It's great. You know, it brings a lot of difficulty for many people because, you know, maybe they're, they're family partners, friends, doctors, you know, therapists don't understand, aren't open to it. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And we are making some headway overall to have more people becoming open to this stuff. But, you know, I, I turn the question back on, on, on you, you know, why? Why do you want people to understand this? You know, with that said, now, there are some ways that we can, you know, form a pretty good argument and be pretty convincing to people that are open minded. People that trust you, you know, they, you know, when you tell them something, they believe you, they trust you, they know you like, yeah, we can present uh, uh, some clear information, right? We can consider, you know, I, I always like to think of Carl Jung, right? Western psychology loves this guy. He acknowledged the Kundalini. He gave talks on the Kundalini, right? And so if somebody wants to come and, and, you know, say, oh, what, you know, psychology doesn't acknowledge it. Well, actually Carl Jung totally did, Right. There's, there's books that we can read by people that are in the field, you know, like uh, I'm reading this book, Soul Lessons from the Light by Dr. Yvonne Quezon. Uh, she's got a few books out and she's a doctor, right? PhD, MD. She also, uh, she also was a, a psychotherapist. Um, and so I think she's very courageous because she continued her work in those fields and still talked about Kundalini Awakening, um, talked a lot about NDEs. Um, and, and so there are like grounded people that are making headway. And if you would like, you know, look for those people with, you know, established lives, credibility, right? Peer reviewed articles. There are some articles out there. Compile some of this stuff. If you really want to try and convince somebody, you got to do your homework and, and put together like the best argument possible. I think that's on you. Um, you know, I'm trying my best here to talk about this in a grounded way, but I'm just a guy on the internet, right? There are there are people, like I said, like notable people, you know, that uh, that we can sort of use as spokespeople for this this idea, this stuff, this Kundalini stuff, and you know, try and 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 formulate some form of of coherent argument, if for whatever reason you feel called to do that. But like I said, you know, why? I, I, I understand why, I mean, but you got to really ask yourself. Uh, otherwise, you know, you'll keep getting frustrated with people because, you know, how can we, how can anybody understand this? You know, you're talking about like, oh, you know, there was this snake energy. It, it was, it, it awakened from like my, my butt and now it's going up to my head and I'm like having all these experiences and like, like what? Like, you, you know, you got to take a step back. Like this is completely, completely crazy stuff right i think that's a grounded mature approach is to recognize you know people aren't going to get this and that's okay they don't need to we don't have to talk about this we have to live it we have to live it so i have a whole talk on my youtube channel it's called talking about kundalini with friends and family and i go deep into this this topic but um yeah check it out talking about kundalini with friends and family dancing on the light asks will i ever find peace will my lifelong deep desires ever come true well, Dancing on the Light, I am not a fortune teller or psychic, but I can say that, you know, whenever I've come across anybody who's sought inner peace in a very deep way, like like genuinely looking for peace, they've always found it in some way. Or they've always found a little bit of like 
how to ride those waves and get into it. And maybe they'll lose it. And that's okay. But they've found some ways to kind of tap into it. I don't think anybody who looks for peace doesn't actually find it. It's just that once we find it, then we have to practice embodying it. And that's an ongoing journey. That's an ongoing journey um, of, of, of exploring. Like maybe, for example, you know, I'm looking for peace. You find meditation. You've realized, okay, if I meditate, I'm mindful. I'm in the moment. I feel peaceful. Well, then that's your practice and you keep going, right? Will my lifelong deep desires ever come true? Once again, not a fortune teller or a psychic, but... I think that your genuine desires, genuine, like the, the real ones, not, you know, I want to have a Ferrari or something, but like the genuine ones. I think they're not things that we cultivated ourselves. Like we just made them up. Like, oh, I want to have like, maybe you want a family. Maybe it's like, I want a family. No, those desires were given to you by source and source, universe, God, whatever, also will provide you with the, the, the fruits of those desires. If you're able to trust in that whole idea itself, um, I, I love the work of Abraham Hicks. If you haven't explored Abraham Hicks, check it out. Um, really incredible stuff. Um, and Abraham Hicks basically says, you know, if you've been given a desire, then the universe has the wherewithal to fulfill that desire. And so, you know, some people might say, oh, well, okay, I want like a purple elephant in my backyard right now. But it's like, that's not a real desire in your heart. But the real desires in your heart, you didn't make them up yourself. They were given to you by something and that's something call it source, God, whatever, can fulfill them if you allow it. On my website, I have a free ebook called Abundica. There is an ebook audio book. It's completely free to send your email. It's all yours. And I've talked about these ideas uh, of manifestation, uh, fulfilling your desires, all that kind of stuff. Check it out. My work doesn't really focus there, but earlier on, that was a major theme in my life, you know, manifestation and stuff. And, and um, I still live this way, but my, my mission is a little different now, but I'm happy that I put that material out just so I can, you know, like I said, just give you the book, read it and go uh, fulfill your desires and, and get on with your life instead of focusing too much on manifestation and stuff like that. Okay, so Ultra Ashley writes, are there any books on Kundalini you would recommend for new awakeners? So there's a book by Mary Mweller Shutan called The Spiritual Awakening Guide. Give me one sec. I'll pull it up here. And it's uh, so yes, Mary Mweller Shutan, The Spiritual Awakening Guide, Kundalini, Psychic Abilities and the Conditioned Layers of Reality. Now, she wrote this book somewhat recently it's not like some ancient text or something it was published in 2015 so it's, it's relevant and she speaks about sp excuse me spiritual awakening and the conditioned layers of a reality in, in like a very easy to understand way that's relevant to people going through life today it's not like you know reading the Bhagavad Gita or something and she's really clear she's got the Kundalini Awakening she's got a ton of other books out I actually haven't read them but I really like this book it is really it spoke to me I remember I came across it uh, in the bookstore randomly and when I picked it up Immense Shakti was vibrating in my hands in that book. Um, so check it out. Mary Muller Shutan, The Spiritual Awakening Guide. She's uh, she's cool. She's pretty active on Facebook as well, I think. Um, I don't often recommend too many books. Sometimes I find issues with books. Not that there's anything wrong. It's just like I feel like if I recommend a book and then you read it and you like, contradicts another book maybe I recommend you or contradicts something I said then people get confused so I'm a little bit 
uh, reluctant to share material like that. So keep that in mind. You got to read. You got to use your discernment. You know, every you, gotta, you know, take what resonates with you. Leave behind what doesn't. Um, there's some material out there that's like probably the most sophisticated material related to Kundalini Awakening that I've come across, and it's by a, a an organization called Patanjali Kundalini Yoga Care, PKYC for short, and this is a I think about four five hundred year old tradition. Uh, originating in India and an American uh, spiritual teacher uh, went over, her name is uh, Shivarpita, Joan Harrigan, um, and she worked with Kundalini Yoga Care, uh, you know, became the successor uh, of the tradition and wrote some incredible books about Kundalini Awakening that really goes deep into the things about nadis, chakras, the different types of risings that we can have because there are multiple different kinds of risings. risings. Um, and so they break it all down in like really clear ways, but it's a lot of information, so it can be a little overwhelming. Um, there's one book called Stories of Spiritual Transformation. Let me see here. And this book has 20, I think, 20 different accounts of people going through kundalini awakening in unique ways and so we read these stories and we see that this happens in so many different ways we see that i think i don't even think a single person in that entire book experienced like a huge rising up the spine in like a, one single moment like i did so when i read this book i was like you know where's all, where's all the exciting things about you know kundalini rising up the spine and all that you know super psychedelic mystical stuff i don't think there's even a single mention of an awakening like that but what they talk about is the more subtle uh shifts to to states of oneness more subtle explorations of meditation subtle explorations of devotion um really really in incredible stuff by pkyc joan shivarpita harrigan they also used to i don't know if they still do but they used to offer a service where you give them your your history, your spiritual history, your health history, your your uh, biography, um, and your birth chart or something. I might be wrong about the birth chart, but you give them some a significant amount of information about yourself, and they are able to interpret and see what kind of rising you have, and give you some specific guidance and advice for going through your process. Um, and then they have like retreats, like lengthy retreats where where you can. Uh, you know, go and, and sit with them and they'll support you through your process. Now, I don't know if they still offer this. Um, you'll have to look into it. I, I'm really not sure, but it's not something I've done, but I've, I've read the books. But one thing I noticed was like people would read these books. They'd realize, oh my gosh, I have a deflected rising, which is like a rising that didn't go up the Sushamna Nadi. It went somewhere else. Oh no, I'm in trouble. What do I have to do? And then they're like trying to get advice from this organization, PKYC, and it's like expensive. It's time consuming because you have to go on a retreat. And like few people got a little bit kind of like, uh, you know, um, anxious after reading this kind of stuff. So keep that in mind as well. Um, my approach is laissez-faire. It's more of a passive approach. Surrender, trust, support the body, do the more, most mundane, grounded stuff, eat well, move your body meditate, love yourself, and all will work out in time. That is my approach. Um, but uh, yeah, those are a couple books I recommend. Check them out. Jewish Account asks, what to expect during a slow awakening? 
Yeah, so I think Stories of Spiritual Transformation by PKYC will address this because they have some more gradual unfoldings that kind of take place over decades, I think, in some of those stories. And during a slow awakening, like you might not even notice that anything is really happening. This is what's interesting is like some people just don't recognize that they're even like going through any shifts because they happen so subtly and gradually. It's only like at some point they look back and they're like, whoa, like something, I'm looking at the world in a different way or whoa, you know, I used to get really triggered by that topic and it just doesn't bother me anymore, right? It's like a very subtle gradual. And so during, you know, slow awakenings, we can expect that things will be more gentle, but they will also be less flashy for most people, less flashy. When I say flashy, I mean less mystical experiences, less, you know, you know, seeing, closing your eyes and seeing like, you know, all sorts of mystical stuff or opening your eyes and seeing mystical stuff or like, you know, psychic phenomena and, and even intense kriyas and, and, you know, mudras and things that people kind of do spontaneously, you know, intense vocalizations. It's just very, very gentle and it takes time, right? It just takes time. And if you're having an awakening like that, honestly, though you might be jealous of those with incredible psychic phenomena, incredible, beautiful kriyas and, and all this kind of energetic stuff, a lot of people that experience those types of awakenings have a lot of difficulty. It's just a lot to handle. It's a lot of stuff happening all at once. They feel very confused, very lost. Um, they don't know what to do with these psychic experiences. Um, very few people can help them. So if you're having a slow, gradual awakening that isn't very flashy, honestly, just accept it and just let it unfold at its own pace. Don't need to rush it. Don't need to push it. And um, just acknowledge that that is your your karma, your destiny. Pivotal Now asks, have you ever wondered why the Shakti and the process of transformation is designed in this way in the human body? Anchored, first dormant, and later ascending. I have wondered this, you know, why the Shakti and the process of transformation is, you know, designed in this way in the human body. Anchored, first dormant, and later ascending. So there's different ways of looking at this. I like to think of it as human beings are the type of animal that can go through a metamorphosis in one particular lifetime. Just like a caterpillar is going to evolve into a butterfly, just like a tadpole evolves into a frog, human being can evolve into a spiritual human being through Kundalini awakening process. Now, most people don't know this because they haven't gone through the process. So they're like caterpillars saying, yeah, right, I'll never be a butterfly. Well, when it starts happening to you, you know, then you're then you're on board with it, right? And so I think through our evolution as as animals, I think what's happened is now I haven't really articulated this. It's a little bit comple complex, I think. So forgive me if it's unclear, but as animals, as mundane animals, you know, we evolve through um, natural selection. There's mutations and we kind of, you know, if the, the strongest, smartest uh, will, will evolve and be able to have offspring. And, and you know, those traits are what uh, contribute to their evolution. Now, we've come to a point in humanity where our strength, our intelligence, um, our physical, biological attributes don't really decide whether we have offspring or not. Like anybody can have a baby. You don't have to be smart to do it. You don't have to be like rich. You know, you don't have to be the guy. You don't have to be the caveman who has the cave and all the resources. 
anybody can do it. And so our biology has kind of peaked, like we've peaked in our biological evolution. So naturally, evolution continues, the expansion of consciousness continues, and so then it moves into a spiritual paradigm. And so that's when now we begin to have these kundalini experiences, kundalini awakening begins to happen. Um, because like consciousness does not say, okay, we've peaked and then that's it. No, like it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Um, and so that's why I think, you know, like that's why human beings have this potential and that's why we don't see it in like, you know, a chimpanzee or something. Um, I think that's why we have this, this kundalini awakening experience, uh, you know, the potential to have it. Um, I don't know so much about, you know, whether you use, you use the word designed. I don't know about designed per se. Um, that implies like, you know, God designing human beings. I think that we are, you know, the product of evolution. Not that there isn't like God, there is divinity, but it's not like a man in the sky, like, you know, designing us per se. Um, I think it's just the natural unfolding of consciousness. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a rambling response. It's it's a complex topic. Um, I'm sure others you know can can talk about it a little bit more clear than I I can, but yeah, the way I like to describe it is yeah, believe it or not, we are like tadpoles. We are like caterpillars. We have the potential to evolve. Some of us it happens to us. Some of us it doesn't. It all depends on our destiny. So thanks so much for tuning in to this. Q&A session. If you have any questions for me, please reach out by Instagram or on uh, email info at brentspirit.com or Instagram at brentspirit. If you would like to support me in this work, if you'd like to meet with me one-on-one, -on -one, or if you'd like to find some more free content like the ebooks that I mentioned, you can visit brentspirit.com. Until next time, much love and peace. <laughs>